Thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. So, this is a man who is a member of the Ndlulamiti Executive Committee Project, and that is, of course, the Ndlulamiti South African Scenarios 2030. We'll give you the details of what that is right in a moment. He will also be the Director of Operations at Mistra as of January. Dr. Yakub Abba Omar, welcome to the show. Michelle Constant, so good to be with you here. <laughs> At least we know each other's surnames. Right. <laughs> so I may call you Abba. I hope that that's yes, in of order. Course. Let's just uh, very briefly, before we go into the article which you wrote, a fascinating opinion piece about, indeed, as we look at scenarios and planning and strategy as the way forward continues. But before we go there, just briefly give us an oversight as to what the Ndlulamiti's scenarios is. Okay, in a nutshell, it's a project that started in 2017 uh, during the very depths of the Zuma administration and people weren't sure where the country is going to and felt that we needed a discussion where we take it to. And so we had, uh, uh, used the scenario process that yielded uh, three, what we call three key driving forces. Uh, one was around reconciliation, the other one was around social inequality and the third one was around leadership and uh, institutional capacity. Uh, we used those key drives to arrive at three scenarios of what South Africa would look like in 2030. One is referred to as Naile Walk, where we achieve more or less the uh, uh, objectives of the National Development Plan. Uh, the other one is Isibuja, where we find ourselves largely stuck in the situation we're in, which is bad enough. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, which we were in in 2017, 2018. But uh, when the third one was when situations are actually going worse, which is where Guadagua. we think we really are at now, called the Guaraguara scenario. So, Dr. Abba. Uh, sorry, Abba, let me just call you by your fist. <laughs> yes, Michelle. <laughs> Abba, you know what? What's interesting is that these scenarios were created um, a year or two ago. Obviously, COVID was one of those things that just bumped into the world, the great disruptor. I mean, it took nature to disrupt us in a way that we never imagined. Right. Um, and here we are. So we move into 2020, and it does mean that we need to look at, potentially look at quite different scenarios to what they were. Mm -hmm. Your opinion piece, Black Swans and Grey Rhinos, talks to us. Give us an, uh, a, 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 an overview of that opinion piece and right. what those scenarios right. are. Yeah, um, I think uh, people that get involved in scenarios like to find uh, fancy names or uh, imagery, uh, like the black swans and grey rhinos. Uh, yeah. The black swans, uh, you know, uh, the, the notion came to fame when uh, a guy by the name of uh, Nassim Talib wrote a book called Black Swans, where he spoke about... Excellent book, by the way. Yes, yeah. And, and I think it's such a slim volume. I always recommend people read it. It's a quick read. Yeah. He writes very well, very easily, very accessibly. Um, so basically, you know, he was saying that, look, um, uh, there are certain events that... Uh, highly improbable, but suddenly happen and have a, a huge impact uh, on society, etc. Uh, uh, gray rhinos is slightly different in the sense that gray rhinos refers to those things that are in the environment that we don't pay enough attention to. Either we, we bias against looking at it, they are our blind spots. And uh, the business, they did a really good job of using the graphic that captures it. 
uh, about the sort of what we call known unknowns, yeah. uh, and which I think uh, grey rhinos are about, and then unknown unknowns are the black swan. So just explain the difference between a known unknown and an unknown unknown. I mean, right. one listens to that and one goes, okay, what does that really mean? How does it, yes, yeah. just interrogate so, that for us. Sure, yeah, no. So uh, known unknowns would be, you know, there's a sense of something. So, for example, there's a debate around whether COVID-19 was a black swan that was highly improbable and has had this huge effect on our society. But if you look at, for example, when we had the swine flu just a few years ago, what was it, about 2000, early 2000s, uh, anything up to about 570,000 people were died as a result of that around the world. Yeah. Um, you know, the Obama administration even set up a task team to look at future pandemics, etc. So, the, you know, it's there. The grey rhino kind of camouflages well into the environment. And then unless it's coming at you at a top speed, you suddenly realize, wow, we better do something about yeah. it. So that's what the grey rhinos refers to, that, you know, we don't we don't really look uh, in the environment or we don't even see the signs that other scientists are writing about or analysts are writing about and then pick that out. And so that's what it's known at a level, but it's unknown because we just have a blind spot to it. The unknown unknowns are the ones that we really can't predict. You know, it just happens. Uh, you know, you know uh, in fact, Nassim Taleb more recently is arguing that there are very, very few black swans. Um, but, you know, we allow for that. And that's where I argue in the article that this is where scenarios helps you to think creatively, you know. Yeah. So, for example, when we did the Guaraguara scenario, which I said, you know, it's a kind of situation where things get worse in South Africa. The president, our president, Sodom Poza, who gave him a sneak preview of the scenario, said, it doesn't scare me enough. And I think when you look at our situation today in South Africa, uh, you know, we're probably going into a, a 21, 22 in the next few years, something that is worse than the Guaraguara. So, yeah. um, you know, so in a sense, you know, the, we, we could have predicted some of it. But scenarios helps you just push where the prediction barriers are and to start thinking creatively beyond the prison of today. And so, in a sense, we were caught up with our own prison. We couldn't think of something worse than Guaraguara. So let's look at the known unknowns. If we move forward into 2021, what are some of the particular spaces and storylines and narratives and scenarios that we need to be aware of in much the same way as that we should have been far more prepared, not just in South Africa, right. but globally for a pandemic of this nature? What are some of those known unknowns? And I think that's a good idea that we should try and focus on just understanding that and getting a grip on it and saying these are the implications for our policies, because at least we can begin controlling that in terms of the next 10, 15, 20 years trajectory. So for me, you know, there, there are about six that I mentioned in the article. I think some of the, uh, and what we did was we tried going back to the situation early this year. What were we identifying as the problems and things? And we realized that what, the, what COVID-19 actually did was has magnified those issues. So, yeah. For example, we have worrying about authoritarianism linked with populism, you know, the Trump era and Bolsonaro in Brazil, yeah. Modi in India, etc. That hasn't gone away. And, you know, we've seen how much worse COVID-19 has made it. Yeah. So the countries that have reacted in an undemocratic way often were those kind of authoritarian countries. Another example, and connected with that, is agency. So 
even during the lockdown, you saw people still being able to protest, still protesting, you know, against either corruption around the PPE distribution, uh, the issues around, um, you know, how the police and the defense force were reacting on the streets, etc. So agency is something that is going to continue being part of what we look at in the future. An important part of that uh, is what, what uh, often political analysts refer to as generational change, where they say that, you know, we're seeing the tail end of the Madiba, Sisulu, Katrada generation. So Cyril yeah. Ramposa and uh, his elf grew up in the shadow of that generation. And what we're seeing is the beginning of Gen Z, uh, Generation Z, being to enter the market, enter politics, they have no commitment to the institutions that have been created previously. They're not knocking at the door to reform these institutions. They actually want to shake it at its edifice. So I think we're going to begin seeing some of that. The economy is obviously critically important. Uh, we know that the world GDP is due to contract about 5.2%. Some analysts in Cambridge... Except for China. Argue. Except for China. How so, extraordinary. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about yeah. the globe, globe yeah. as a whole. As yeah. a whole. So, uh, you know, some analysts are saying that if you look at the effects of COVID-19 just of this year, it'll be about $80 trillion over the next decade. Uh, compare that to um, the U.S.'s economy is, what, about $22, $24 trillion per annum. So $80 trillion, you know, spread over 10 years, it's a huge impact. Yeah. What will, what will, how will that if affect everybody else? The job losses that we see in our country, that we're seeing around the world, uh, places like the UK, which has its various whammies, including the Brexit whammy, are going to have a serious problem with unemployment. They've already begun, the US has already begun running out and debating, uh, out of time debating whether they should have the new, uh, the several trillion dollar stimulus or stick to a $900 billion. A lot of these measures may eventually prove to be not enough. But I think we really need to look at how much more we can throw at this so that we don't damage our societies so fundamentally that in the next few years we, don't, we have people with little or no skills, young people that are completely shattered, don't know where they're going to get the income, people living, not being able to feed their children, which is yeah. an increasing phenomenon in South Africa. You know, Abba, um, I think it was um, the philosopher Achille Mbembe who said we lack uh, a level of imagination in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by that he meant a level of imagination to reimagine what this world could be instead of constantly going back to uh, histories, etc. Right. Do you think that that is something that we need to start thinking about and, and if we're looking at creative scenarios in order to, to formulate policy? Right. We really, really need to do that. So my Christmas reading at the moment is a, a book uh, titled Reimagining, uh, Capitalism Reimagined. Uh, oh, yes, and yeah. I, uh, and I think we need to start engaging in those kind of uh, uh, left field thinking, you know, uh, at one level, it's pro- uh, easy for the figures to show us how bad everything could get. But at the same time, you know, if you look at the global response, uh, notwithstanding whether to people like uh, uh, Donald Trump, you know, there's been a global response to COVID-19. There's a sense of humanity and solidarity across various nations and things. So we need to build on that, you know, the multilateral institutions that a number of these authoritarian figures were destroying 
can be rebuilt and things. So we need to reimagine even capitalism. Um, the most one of the more recent pre-COVID nineteen developments was uh, the U.S. CEO roundtable saying that they should stop just focusing on the bottom line. That yeah. uh, companies have a role beyond the bottom line. They have a commitment to the shareholders. So the whole shared um, capitalism Value. kind of notion coming in. Yeah, I know sometimes the people may say, well, you know, especially if you're from the left, you know, why should we be reforming capitalism? Shouldn't we be destroying capitalism? For people that say that, I say, well, while you're trying to destroy capitalism, let's try and reform it in the meanwhile so that yeah. it can deliver the goods for the majority of people. That's Rebecca Henderson's book, isn't it, that you're thinking of? Yes. yes yeah. That's it, Reimagining yeah. Capitalism in a World on Fire. That's Rebecca that's Henderson. It. I know she's a fascinating uh, writer and also a fascinating speaker as well. And for anybody who's interested in reading a couple of books, that would be one of them. And I think certainly the one that um, Dr. Omar suggests, The Black Swan by Nassim Taleb, that's also a worthwhile read as well. And the book on Grey Rhinos by uh, Michelle Booker. Okay, fantastic. Right. There you go, Michelle Vuka, Grey Rhinos. It's a, it's a book about uh, looking at uh, the subtitle, how to recognize and act on the obvious dangers we ignore. Let's uh, start to educate ourselves as we go into 2021. Dr. Omar, I wish you a wonderful last week of 2020 and... Um, a strong one in 2021 as you move into the position of Director of Operations at MISTRA. That's Dr. Yakub Abba Omar. And uh, as I said, he will become the Director of Operations at MISTRA. And they certainly look at policy and public spaces and how we rethink public spaces as well. In Lulamiti scenarios, that would be something to read as well. Prepare yourself for 2021 is what we say.